Hello and welcome to episode 10 of series 3 of the Engaging Internal Comms podcast. This is the show for employee engagers and internal communicators who like to keep up to date with all that is new in our profession. My name's Craig Smith from The Big Picture People. First of all, I'd just like to say thank you for all the feedback that we got regarding our last episode that went out a fortnight ago about talking about menopause and middle life. We got a lot of very positive feedback that this was a topic that is normally ignored and not covered adequately in communications or, or in indeed in any any aspect of our organizational life. And um, as, I, as we said in the episode itself, it was a LinkedIn Live event that we ran a few weeks weeks ago uh, that we repurposed as, a, as an interview on the podcast. And as I said, we got a lot of very positive feedback for that. So thank you. If you've not listened to that, go back to uh, the previous show and you can have a listen to that that great interview that I had with uh, Karen Hobdy and Dave Algio, where we explored all of the issues related to midlife and in particular menopause. Um, on that note, just coming up in the next couple of episodes. So in a fortnight's time on the 7th of June, I have an interview with Laura McHale, who is from Conduit Consultants. Laura's just written a book all about the neuroscience of internal communication or organization organizational communication. So that's really interesting. It's looking at the science that's going on in, in our brains and in the brains of our recipients when we are communicating with them and how we as internal communicators can use that knowledge to have more effective communications. And then the following week, or the following fortnight, I should say, on the 21st of June, which will actually be our two-year uh, anniversary show. It's actually our thir- three-year anniversary show. It'll be uh, uh, it'll be sort of, uh, well, actually two years since we started, but three years of content, if you get what I mean. Um, the, so that's all going to be, we're going to be looking at the role of internal communications in clarifying roles and responsibilities. And that's with Faye Greeson. She, she's from a charity called Changing Lives, and they've been through a lot of change. It was really important to make sure that everybody knew what their new roles and responsibilities were and how they fitted into the overall direction of the organization so fascinating from from two points both the content and the fact that in a charity it's a very different sort of psychological contract that you've got with the people who are either working for you or particularly volunteering for the organization as well so really good conversation that's coming up in a fortnight's time so uh, i mentioned this on the last episode but just to mention it again um, we are involved this year with the institute of internal communications communications festival which is on the 5th and 6th of July. So if you've not heard about that, it's a two days of very stimulating presentations, workshops, etc., all to do with internal communications. Um, and that's going to be in Nottingham. We're involved on the first morning, on the on the morning of the 5th of uh, July. We will be presenting uh, with a client of ours from a company called Walgreen Boots. We'll be presenting a case study and some ideas around how we use help them use gamification to communicate to their managers and to develop a management communication program so uh, if you're interested in our presentation or the or the or the the two days of incredible content and guest speakers that they've got organized jump across to the internal institute of internal communications website that's ioic 
www.org.uk and if you go to the events tab you'll see all of the events that they have and the first one at the top is the IOIC Festival 2022 as I say that's in Nottingham on the 5th and 6th of July um, in terms of our own events that we've got coming up we have another one of our free webinars which is coming up in um, in June on June the 16th and that is all about how we can transform the way that we communicate particularly around health and safety communications. Um, what we tend to find is that a lot of health and safety communication and training tends to be quite uh, uncre uncreative. It tends to be quite traditional in terms of lots of PowerPoint, lots of presentations, lots of compliance-based rules and procedures. We've got some techniques that we've developed with our clients, which is all about how we can make that more interesting and more engaging and how we can really build a culture of safety. And and uh, whilst this is focused on health and safety, the, the, the sim similar concepts, similar approaches can be used for a whole range of topics, whether that's well-being, whether that is uh, whether it's other compliance-based issues that we need to communicate to our employees. So we'll be looking at how we how we can make particularly health and safety training and communication more interesting and more engaging, but also you'll be able to see how that applies to other topics as well. So if you're interested in that, it's on the 16th of June, and that's at 3 o'clock UK time. And it's a free webinar, I should say, and you can sign up for that at our website, which is thebigpicturepeople.co.uk. If you head across there, you will see our events tab at the top of the page or on the menu. And if you click on that, it's the actually the second event that we've got listed on the page there. We're changing the way the events page is set up, and this is the last event that we need to switch over to the new format. But you can uh, get more information about it, and you can book up for that webinar. As I say, it's totally free, 16th of June, and that is at 3 o'clock clock UK time. And I think that's all I'm going to be mentioning at this stage. So I'm going to move on to this episode's interview. For many organisations, there is sometimes a blurring of the lines between internal and external communications. You'll often find that internal communications teams are sometimes embedded within marketing teams, or there is a very strong overlap between the two. And I think that's a good thing in that there is a consistency between what we're communicating externally and internally. So what we're communicating to our customers and our clients, and what we're communicating to our employees. Now that brings into the idea of brand Brand, which we've we've looked at in a number of times, the idea between the internal brand of the organisation and the external brand of the organisation, and again how those those two things are congruent or or not with each other, and, and the issues that that causes. But what I wanted to explore actually is our own personal brand. As internal communicators and employee engagers, is it legitimate for us to have our own brand? And if so, how do we represent that both internally and externally as well? And should we be able to demonstrate that brand and our, our personality of our organisation and our professional personality uh, in a way that, that, that is in the public realm and also internally as well? So I wanted to look at the whole idea that as internal communicators, we have a brand, whether we like it or not, we have a brand and how overt that brand is, it differs from different people, uh, different people within the profession. So what we're going to be looking at in today's interview is how do we build a brand as an internal communicator and as a professional internal communicator and employee engager and how do we represent that brand and to do that I'm going to be talking to someone who uh, although they are working within an organization has a really really strong internal uh, ex sorry a really strong professional brand 
that I think is very worthy of recognition and also we can learn from as well. So that's what today's interview is all about, how we develop personal branding as internal communicators and employee engagers. My interviewee today is Sam Blezard. Sam is Employee Communication and Engagement Lead at leading luxury retailer Fortnum & Mason. With a wealth of experience gained from IC roles in organisations such as John Lewis, Dow Jones, Unilever and Royal Mail, to name but a few, Sam describes himself as a communications leader and content creator focused on authentic human storytelling and the employee experience. He's a podcast creator and the host of the Comms from the Shed interview series, and we'll put a link to that in the show notes below. And he's also a freelance music writer on arts and culture, a contributor to a book on Prince, and the host of the How Can You Just Leave Me Standing podcast, which is also widely available, and we'll put links into that. So, Sam, how are you and where are you today, please? Oh, Craig, welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh, I, I, it's, it's a real pleasure to be here. I was a bit, I was a bit kind of uh, taken aback when I, I heard that uh, intro <laughs> being read out there, but overawed. Uh, but that was, that was really nice. Thank you. I'm at my kitchen table uh, today. Uh, it's a very warm and sunny day, and uh, I've actually got the back door wide open, so there's a, a pleasant breeze flowing through right now. So that's where I am. Fantastic. And whereabouts in the world is that that back? Oh, sorry, that's fine. That's fine. I should say no. I'm in uh, I'm in southeast London. So southeast London. Yeah. Yeah. No, the weather is definitely uh, taking a turn for the better. And I was almost, I have a, I, 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 my, my kind of office and I like to leave the door. I mean, it's not quite on the cusp of that yet because I'm a bit further north than you, but uh, yeah, it's, it's getting that way. So uh, mm. looking forward to that, that day when the door, door stays open when I walk into the office. So uh, fantastic. So you're, you're, you describe yourself as a storyteller. So I'm going to give you the opportunity to, to demonstrate that. Sorry, no pressure there. Uh, to tell our mm. listeners a little bit about the story of Fortnum and Mason and the, and the and the fantastic history of Fortnum and Mason. So over to you, Sam. Yeah, no, thank you. I, I, I think, um, I, I suppose the, the, the thing about storytelling and, and starting to describe myself as a, a storyteller, and I, I'm conscious I don't want it to sound sort of too conceited or pretentious, but I think the more, um, the, the more I kind of thought about my recent experience and where I was channeling my energy, uh, is all around sort of stories. And the simplest way, I think, to describe this, Craig, is that I was chatting to um, some former colleagues about this recently. Mm. If you're somebody who believes in the kind of journalistic impulse, the kind of news gathering of stories, and if you are sort of fascinated by people and they spark your imagination and you like kind of news when it's vital, you know, when you first hear that story, I think... That's kind of why I've started to sort of think about storytelling as, you know, a vital component to what I do. Mm. Um, I, I think as well, the the thing about Fortnum and Mason is, and I've, I've, I've written about this um, repeatedly in the last few months online uh, via platforms like LinkedIn and Instagram mm. and others, but there are so many stories to tell. Uh, you know, when you have a, when you have a business like Fortnum and Mason, which is not only a, a British institution, mm. it's known around the world. You know, it's known, it's a very prestige brand that's known about in the Middle East, in the US, in China, in Japan, uh, in parts of Europe. And it has a, a history that's over 300 years old, an association with the, the royal family. And 
I couldn't even begin to scratch the surface of the stories about Fort Mason, either within its history or now, because it's actually a very multicultural business in terms of its employee base. Yeah. Over 60 different nationalities work there. Um, and so the the experiences that people bring to that business now are rich and varied. But, you know, the, the very first story about Fortnum and Mason is about uh, a royal candle that uh, was recycled and sold in London in 1707 by William Fortnum. Um, and what, what's wonderful, actually, when you, you get to know the business more and just the, you start to actually unlock the history of central London um, as well. And Fortnum and Mason, um, not everyone knows this, a lot of people know this, but it has an archivist, um, uh. a lady called Dr. Andrea Tanner, who is a wonderful and fascinating lady. Um, who's, she's Scottish. Um, and she has lived in London for many, many years, uh, like I have. But when I met um, Dr. Tanner, uh, Dr. T as we call her, um, she she's very generous with her time. And she was she will begin to tell me about the, the most incredible stories that you can imagine. Um, I'll give you an example. So things that date back to the time of Florence Nightingale, yeah. um, you know, hampers being given to suffragettes, military uniforms being made in our HQ, hampers going on um, expeditions to Mount Everest in the early 20th century. Um, you know, some of the, I think Fortnum's sold some of the very first Heinz products uh, that came to the UK. I believe they were one of the first retailers ever, if not the first, to sell Heinz in the UK. Inventor of the Scotch egg, um, there are just so many, there's so many wonderful yeah. quirky stories, <laughs> and of course, you know, people who follow some of my LinkedIn posts will know that I'm very keen to tell the stories of um, everyone from the the retail shop floor selling partners to the sous chefs to the head chefs, um, but but also you know head office people, warehouse distribution, and and, ev- and everyone in between. Yeah, and they have some fantastic stories to tell too. Fantastic. Well, no, I, I, I yeah, it sounds, it, it's really interesting, like, because it's quite, really difficult to do, isn't it, to summarize such a rich history in one story. There's about many stories, and I think, <laughs> which is, which is, I think, many, I guess, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. too many to tell. I mean, that, that's the phrase, that's the phrase I keep using. You know, so, sometimes I post a story, like mm-hmm. I did recently, about Prem, who's the head chef at Terminal 5 at Heathrow. Mm. And uh, if you got a chance, have a read. It's not long, it's, it's just a few paragraphs that we, mm. we shared. I could have shared pages and pages, but. You know, he he's um, an amazing character. But whenever somebody says, oh, you know, what a wonderful story, you know, mm. do, you, do you have any more? You know, it's like, well, that, that's not really the problem. Because <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. there's, there's just too many to tell. And uh, even even when you're telling an individual story, you're only scratching the surface, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, only, it's only a very small percentage of their sort of rich and varied life, I tend to find. Absolutely, absolutely. So we, we thank you, Samuel. So we met on LinkedIn, and mm. um, I think what kind of grabbed my attention about you was that uh, you know I'm uh, consultants and independent small business owners tend to be very you know kind of brand aware. You know, they're sort of the the, the kind of authority that they want to project. But I, 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 you know, I mean this in a really respectful way to the internal comms community. I rarely meet internal comms people working within organisations that. Have have you know that 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 
sort of persona where you've got your own podcast and then you've got two podcasts you've, you've got your uh your, you know your prince podcast and you've got your sure. comms from the shed podcast your presence on linkedin is 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 fantastic i'm quite jealous in fact <laughs> with some of the articles and no. and stuff that you publish I, I consider it quite modest as well so that's oh no funny. no it's, it's very it's it's really good and and and, and i think so so from i guess summarizing all that you've got a really really strong personal brand and i think as i say i, I don't i don't see i think you know I'm, again i don't want to be disparaging to any any internal communicators but of rarely course. do i see yeah. internal internal comms people working within a within a you know a respected organization or not not any any organization being internal to that organization having such a a, a strong personal brand so I, i'm really interested in looking at that and why mm other internal comms people or, or any professional really should maybe look at, at developing a brand which which really represents their personality in the outside world as well as obviously having that internally so could you tell mm. us a little bit about why you know why you've invested so much time in that brand sam and, and it's a very you know I, I see it as a really you know it's very much you share stuff you're not about self-publicity it's all very much all the sure. stuff you do is really really great for the community and your and so i'm really interested as to how you you got there and, and why you do it to a certain extent yeah no it's an interesting question i mean i'll come on to sort of linkedin specifically in a minute i think mm. one of the things to consider though in the backdrop is that internal communications people and i've worked in and around them for more than 20 years and, mm. and i'm one myself that's my bread and butter they, they tend to be very modest uh, and, and actually more on the reserved side and, and, and sometimes uh, sort of less extrovert in terms of putting their personal brand out, as, as you described it. And I think that's that's a, partly due to the work that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if, you're, if you're incredibly busy, as most of us are, because once upon a time we worked in big comms teams of 20, 30 people, and now, you know, internal comms teams, I mean, the one I work in has three people and often they're extremely small. I mean, sometimes people work as, as individuals, you know, that they are the comms team and then they use a lot of sort of satellite services. So there's a, there's a reservation to internal comms people that is not the same as, as, you know, I, I guess marketeers over the years, you know, people mm. in marketing have always been a bit more extrovert. Ad, people in advertising have been a bit more extrovert. And, you know, there's also definitely been more of, um, a sort of extra confidence about PR people and just media people in general. Mm, and, mm. you know, internal comms has always been the more, you know, what worthy may sound like a negative sort of connotation, but certainly the solid, you know, telling the company story um, and trying to do that in as creative a way as possible. So I think that's, that's one thing to sort of think about. I mean, why, I, why I sort of developed my sort of personal brand and why I've, I've given it some thought is, and if I take LinkedIn as an example, I mean, the one thing to say is that I've I've been on LinkedIn for a long, long time. I mean, I, I, I haven't I haven't checked. I mean, it would be, it would be easy for me to find out, but I'm mm. sure it's more than ten years mm, mm. without actually checking. So, I suppose everybody says this, but it's been a long, slow build of learning, you know. Um, and I think, I mean, I suppose the most recent developments have been brought about by necessity, in a way. Um, because the, the, both the development of the, my personal brand and things like um, moving into the world of podcasting and being more overt about storytelling, pretty much all of those things have come about through some situation that was born of necessity. So the, the podcasts came about, they, it kind of grew organically because I found myself in a situation I wasn't expecting to be in 
where I was sort of between jobs um, during the pandemic. Mm. Um, you know, I, I, it's just I was in a situation where an aspect of my career didn't work out in the way that I thought it would. And then I, I've always been interested in audio anyway. Mm. And I sort of, I wanted to learn a new skill. And I, I was writing blogs on LinkedIn just about how, I guess, how, how difficult COVID was to live through, you know, mm. how mm. it could be a very detached experience, you know, for some people quite a soul-destroying experience. Mm. And I think a lot of people experience different things. If you worked in the NHS, you were on the front line in a terrifying situation. If you worked in the construction sector, um, which I did for a long time, and I was there when the pandemic hit for the first few months in the sort of eye of the storm, all of the people that worked in the front line of that sector, like the NHS, were risking their lives. So we have to context it that way. I mean, I I was in an office-based role like a lot of people, but the flip side of the coin was that, especially in comms, we were working long hours, and every day was a very intense day. There's a lot of crisis communications a lot of broadcasting of leadership for the first time, coming up with bespoke solutions, endless rounds of FAQs, Q&As, providing assurance to people, thinking about furlough, liaising with HR and legal teams. So that was there was an intensity to that that never really um, let up. And mm. when, when I sort of was looking for my kind of next role but prior to joining Fortnum & Mason, um, I wanted to experiment and try different things. And, you know, I wrote about things like that we talked about in the intro, actually, before before you um, you, you mm. hit record there, about mm. embracing uh, local things, you know, uh, local people, local services, local shops, local experiences, um, just from a well-being point of view, but also things like screen fatigue and just some of the, um, unfortunately, um, the, the poor sort of behavioral practices that mm. sprang up of the early days of COVID, some some of which actually haven't been rectified. And I started to enjoy these kind of blogs and people reacted to it. And so creating a kind of audio version of it was really just sort of extending its reach yeah, and, and actually bringing it to life. So rather than it just be my voice, I wanted to speak to a whole range of people from different sectors on the podcasts, um, who, you know, so people from the arts, people from the airline industry, uh, people from the music industry, people from science, research and development. Um, you know, uh, I spoke to someone from Mind about mental health. I spoke to people who'd made career changes. Um, so there was there was so much to go at, you know, um, recruiters, headhunters. It's a really fascinating sort of period in history to talk yeah. about. And of course, that, as you pointed out, that helps build your your personal brand. But I think... I think in terms of the last point probably to make is about things like LinkedIn and, and, and other channels on social media. Yeah. I think I've just learned how to be sort of focused and intentional to your point about not sort of wasting people's time. If you post something, trying to make it consistent with who you are, you know, and about being authentic about this is something I've actually experienced. And I, I'm actually really passionate as well about the fact that um, I want to share actual content, you know, I, I do, I do comment a lot on other people's posts, but hopefully in a supportive and uh, illustrative way, you know, I always try and add something to, to what others post rather than just hit like, 
But I, I, I want to sort of feel comfortable, I suppose, in terms of my interactions with social media, that I am contributing meaningful content, you know, something that people could pick up and read or listen to that is really worth worth their time on that platform. Yeah. Because, because you know, it is, it is kind of like an ecosystem. And if you're not really contri- contributing to it, um, I, I don't know. I, I don't see the value in spending a, a portion of your time there. Yeah. No, I think I think it's really good because I think I think you're right. I, I think I sometimes, you know, and again, I won't, I'm, I'm, I'll be careful what I say here, but I, I sometimes see people who I know are professional communicators in what they do, and uh, and less so are probably on LinkedIn. But but sometimes you you know you'll see them put stuff up there, and you think actually that kind of doesn't really you know that doesn't really you've not really thought that through in terms of how it represents mm. you i think people are much more cautious on think, on linkedin than they are on other platforms like twitter and you know particularly where yeah. it's more of a personal I, thing than I think, it's a professional thing i think you're right i think people see a sort of certain amount of jeopardy and what they would perceive to be making a mistake but of yeah. course it's, yeah. it's so easily editable and, and posts can be deleted oh yeah people, yeah, people forget that something one point yeah. i didn't make and i should make quickly yeah. is, as yeah. well about personal sort of brand and stories is that I I actually think internal communicators as a community, um, and they are getting better at this. I see a lot more of my peers on there now, but they need to make more of a leap where LinkedIn's concerned. And I would extend that to HR people as well, the HR community. And the reason for that is, is that I think people are coming quite late to this one, but to, to build an employer brand. So if you, if you work for an organization, but you're not an ambassador for that organisation on a yeah. platform like LinkedIn. You're not helping. Um, you're not helping to shine a light on what that company does. You're not saying, "Look, there are people here that look like you, that sound like you, that are like you in our business." And it's you're kind of subliminally saying, "This is why you should come and work with us because yeah. we are we are a good community of people who work for a really fascinating brand or a great company." And I think the issue is if if you're not representing your company. Uh, you know, people are going to say, well, where's the comms team or the HR yeah. team or uh, that work for that firm? Why, why is it so kind of quiet? You're almost notable by your absence. Yeah. Um, and so that's a conversation I'm sort of having quite a lot with people I know. Um, yeah, just t- give give it a go and sort of, you know, try not to worry too much, try not to be so self-conscious because people are, people are very interested in what other people have to say. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, their perspective, but yeah. I think it, it is a bit of a struggle sometimes for some people. Yeah, I, I agree, and I think you know, I think the, I think what you talked about there in your story, and you know, you said that you'd kind of started a lot of this stuff, or you particularly podcast and your content creation had started really while you were maybe in transitioning or looking to transition between roles, but you've carried that on, and I think again, I, I think there's, and I'll, I wanted to talk to you about this in terms of you know some of the challenges and issues that building a personal brand because I think sometimes in mm. you know it can be I'm not frowned upon, but people can look and say, okay, well you you know you're very you're very into yourself, but are you into the company? And I think you you know I think yeah, that, I think sure. that's wrong, and don't get don't get me wrong, I'm not just justifying that but I'm, ju- I'm just saying that i think sometimes that's a, that's the, i mean how how can you know if, if so if we're kind of advocating to point, say yeah. say yeah to say to an internal communicator or you know again it, it doesn't honestly preserve only internal communicators but this is the kind of audi- our audiences if mm. i want to then i want to create that sort of that that brand 
reputation for myself, which is, you know, going to be congruent with what the organization is. I'm not going to kind of, you know, go off on some big rant and, and kind of in in any way (laughs) be defamatory to the organization, but I'm going to do it in a way that, that builds my personal brand alongside the corporate brand. Is there, is there anything there, you know, from, have you had anybody sort of say, well, you're very, you you know, as, and again, you don't, you don't, you don't have to be, you know, no, talk no, from, a fine, from a Mason perspective, but yeah. happy to talk about it. Yeah, no, I think it's well. So again, a, a point to make up front is that that part of this is born from necessity. So yeah, um, we, you know, we have a we have an interesting um, and every organisation you work for has an interesting mix of channels. There's no, you know, in organisations that I've worked for over sort of twenty years, there's no uniformity to the channels mix that they have. It's not like you go into a company and they've got the perfect up-to-date kind of nine to 10 core channel mix of, you know, modern intranet, you know, mobile apps and tools, e-news, face-to-face events, you know, Teams, Zoom, latest versions, you know, fantastic digital displays, you, you know, you get, you get the point, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a varied mix of that. So, you know, I'd slightly slightly challenged behind the scenes at Fortnum and Mason in terms of things like the intranet, because th- th- there is one, but it's difficult to use it as a communication tool, just not least because we've got lots of different communities that do very different roles, who work very different shift patterns and have very different sort of setups, you know, in mm. terms of which email address they use and servers and account, you know, there's no point in going into that. But the, yeah. the fact of the matter is that I, I actually chose consciously, I think, early on, my time at Fortnum's to to use LinkedIn to some extent, almost like a proxy intranet. Yeah, because I could see there were hundreds of Fortnum's people on there that were very sort of active, and of course you can display stories in a very visual, succinct way. So I think that's one thing. Mm-hmm. I think, but to the main point and the main body of your question, though, which is about this thing about how, how overt can you be before it's kind of like, oh, this is this is all about sort of me, me, me. I'm. I'm out there. I'm in the the shop window, and the, the the lights are shining on me. I I what I would say to people um, in internal comms who are thinking of building their brand is that you have to look at um, all the people, and I I feel the majority of people are incredibly well intentioned, and actually mm. I, I I take great inspiration from people who've become brands in their own right and who've you know moved into consultancy, but like mm. yourself, you know, so the Rachel mm. Millers of this world from yeah. all the things I see and yeah, yeah, yeah. Advita Patel, Comms Rebo, and she's doing some great stuff. And, you know, as comms people, we've had to sort of learn to be a bit more confident and a bit less sort of shy and put ourselves out there. But I think, you know, the main point though is that do you or do you not have people in your company that, that say to you, oh, I love the fact that you posted that story Mm. You know, so, so what I've, my experience has been, and it will be unique to everybody, but without it being an overt conversation, I've been given permission, I think, in a quiet way, to tell the story of Fortnum's and the stories of Fortnum's. Yeah, maybe in a modern kind of way, um, in its simplest form. Yeah. So I have a very supportive group of people around me, and you know, I suppose. <laughs> it's not spoken about in such direct terms, but I've never had a tap on the shoulder where someone said, listen, that, that, that latest post that did over, you know, it overstepped the mark a bit. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure if that's right for us. And no one's ever said that. I mean, most of the, t- well, almost all of the time, someone will say, oh, I love the post about Chef Gerson or Prem or, you know, but the, the, they'll name people. Yeah. Or they'll say, I'm really, it's really great to see these stories come to life. 
yeah. see the reaction. So the, the point about it is, I suppose, is that you, you have to find a balance quite quickly and quite alone have an instinct for, is this is this making the brand comfortable? Is it representing the brand and those people? I mean, that's the most important thing. Yeah. Are you being faithful to the people that you're talking about? I mean, you have yeah. to be certain of that quite early on. Yeah. And so I guess in terms of it, building your own brand, um, I think if, you, if you're providing great content on these platforms and you're genuinely contributing to the ecosystem, it, it, will, it will just naturally build your own brand. Yeah. I think, to, to, to me, though, I think where you have to be careful is, I think it's, it's the posts that kind of say, you know, um, I, 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 was, I was once kind of in this position um, I've, you know, I've, I've, I've attempted to do all these different things, and now it's almost like you proclaim yourself a success. Yeah, yeah. And you say, "I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. I've amazed myself." I think, I think if you do too much of that, it's kind of, it's kind of like, well, shouldn't you allow other people to bestow success upon you? Yeah. You know, uh, and I think, I think. Again, this is just my personal opinion, Craig. So, and everyone's mm. entitled to this. Yeah, yeah. Don't take this as definitive. This is just more my take on it. I think, yeah. To me, I, although it may look as if I'm quite overt and out there, uh, I, I'm actually very careful in terms of what I talk about in personal terms. So, mm. and <laughs> if if you if you attended, a, I'm sure if you attended a masterclass on LinkedIn, and I, I do tune into people who are, you know. It, who may be considered, you know, gurus on the, the the platform or people who've built up massive followings. I have tuned into a lot of the top tips they've given in the past occasionally. Mm. Um, and a lot of them will say, look, just post continual content about your personal life. You know, go, ex- mm. you know, lay yourself bare, talk about, you know, the things that make you very human. Um, and to be perfectly honest, I'm not, I'm not actually that comfortable doing that. No. Although you, that may be surprising to people listening, they, they may feel that I share a lot of myself. But yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I don't really because I, I, that's the edge of discomfort for me. You will get yeah. people on there who will literally share every single thing about themselves, and they make yeah. the posts very personal yeah. and not particularly corporate. I, I, I prefer to very occasionally go there, but I would much rather it be about my professional skill or my specialism or people come to listen to my stories and so if i drift too far away from telling stories and that's what i say i'm about then it's going to make me seem absolutely authentic i mean you know yeah absolutely i think uh, i i you know i I agree i find those those sort of you know even well-intended post about you know what people have you know all the good things that people are doing and look at me i i find them quite you know kind of turn off um you know particularly on linkedin and and uh i I don't think you know i think i've seen a lot i've seen lots of comments about and i think that you know this is a personal thing about you know is this really stuff you should be sharing on linkedin you know is it uh, you Mm. know if i want to see this sort of stuff i'll go on facebook or whatever you know i think that's a bit unfair in some cases yeah i i don't think there are any rules so no i don't i'm not i'm not i'm not necessarily i'm not down on those people or or negative about it it's just that i look at them and i think well if i did that it would be incredibly uncomfortable for me but i I think a lot of people know that there's a playbook 
yeah. where you post a certain number of times a week and you do it to a formula and you yeah. talk about your personal life and it, it grows your following exponentially. Yeah. It's, it's good. LinkedIn's algorithm is always based exactly. around how many people have kind of commented on stuff. And if you can create something that, you know, it, it's kind of, it, it can be done controversially as well. You know, you, well, that's the problem. You, yeah. Exactly. And, yeah. And actually people who I really admire uh, on the platform have basically told me privately that if, if you just create something that will generate a reaction, for example, whether yeah. it's positive or negative, yeah. you can, you can, yeah, yeah. generate you can, incredible you can, you can get but yourself, that, yeah. I just think, you know, to some extent, I think to your point, I mean, I th- imagine how quickly you could damage your personal brand oh, yeah. On, yeah. on that basis. So yeah. I, I just sort of think, just be really comfortable and, you know, I, I think everybody's had a moment where they've thought about posting something that, you know, maybe is sort of strayed, mm. not not way out of their comfort zone, but maybe it's just not necessarily consistent with who they are. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've certainly drafted posts in the past and I've been on the verge of committing it and just sort of, yeah. no, that, that's, that, this is not. Yeah. I've this had is to, not consistent with what I'm digital trying to do, tongue you know? biting. I guess, yeah, 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 exactly. That's a really good way of describing it. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, no, I definitely, I, I agree, and and I think, um, you know, I think anything that it's it's that fine line, isn't it, between that sort of um, any views expressed on my own and doesn't represent X company. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's yeah. kind of if you can if you can avoid having to do that and you can you can express yourself authentically, and I guess that's the, the acid well, test of whether you work in the for the right organization as well, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think that's the great thing about podcasting, you know, because I mean, you can get into such deep and rich conversations. Mm. I mean, I, I, my most recent sort of uh, podcast conversation was with a lady called uh, Catherine Barnard or Kat Barnard. I saw you, I saw that advertised. Yeah, it looked like a really interesting conversation. Oh, it, that. Yeah. It's absolutely fascinating. And we, mm. we talked for a long time. I had to edit most of the conversation out. I mean, there was just so mm. much good stuff, but it was all about future trends and, you know, mm. where, where where kind of workplace life is going. But mm. I think the wonderful thing about that is, you know, whether it's Instagram uh, where you're limited pretty much to visuals or it's LinkedIn where people's attention spans probably a few paragraphs, mm. um, you know, on a podcast, uh, as you know, y- you can really get under the skin of things in yeah. a really considered way. And, and in a way that you know people will have the patience to listen to. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a much, funny enough, I think it's a much underused medium in corporate life. I totally agree. We, I've we never don't. understood why it hasn't taken no, off. No, I've uh, done, I've done a, we've done a number of episodes actually around, you know, the value of audio and how you mm. create an internal podcast. And, and you know, Absolutely. I know it's kind of like self- um, you know, fulfilling in that I love podcasts and therefore I'm, I would advocate them, wouldn't I? But, and, yeah, and you know, exactly. but it is, I think it's, it is an underutilized medium, uh, these days. And I think, it, you know, it has, it has its limitations, but it, I think it's massively, uh, still to be fully realized in terms of potential. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Certainly in the corporate world. Obviously, oh, oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, for people who it's the only medium really where you can multitask and still be consuming content, you know, mm. the video doesn't work. Like that reading doesn't work like that you can be you can be you know you can do it at, you you can access you can get into people's heads outside of work you while they're running at the gym whatever yeah, yeah. you know and then obviously there's an element of permission to do that but yeah exactly. it's, it's a great i think uh, it was i think it was for exactly that reason that you've just highlighted that people are running you know going out for a walk grabbing a coffee walking the dog just that lovely sort of time where you're refreshing and you're checking back in with yourself you're yeah. relaxing your mind i mean that that became so prevalent in COVID. I think mm. I'd always thought about doing something like a podcast, but I thought to myself, this is the time to do it because I think mm. this is the time 
I mean, no, it's just, uh, the people need it. They needed that content. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I, I wasn't so I wasn't so arrogant to believe they were going to listen to what I was putting out. But I thought to myself, well, if I make a conversation that I would enjoy listening to, you know, you would assume that, that it's always be the best least, test. Yeah, there'll be a few of like-minded souls <laughs> yeah. out there that yeah. might enjoy listening to it too. Yeah. And um, yeah, you know, I think Definitely. that yeah, it was it was that it really was a whether or not podcasts had peaked or not it was the second wave or the second coming of the podcast i felt yeah yeah it was a it was a bit of a paradox in the a lot of the things that people did when they normally did podcasts they weren't doing anymore they weren't driving they weren't commuting they weren't going you know necessarily going to the gym but i do think the flip side of that was that um it it did create you know people became a lot more sort of mindful and conscious and of what they were you know consuming and how they were consuming it and there were a lot of sort of self-help podcasts came out there were a lot of podcasts about making podcasts which came around so (laughs) yeah but but i do i do think what it's done is it's definitely um i think there's been a massive uptake and and, in in well there's been an upsurge in creation and i think now that people are kind of starting to do some of those things again i think it consumption will 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 increase as well so i do i do as i agree i think i think we're still looking at the we're still in the hinterlands of this as a medium i think so uh um and the ease of ease of being able to put together a podcast and publish a podcast is so much better easier than you know having to edit video and make video uh it's 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 definitely a, a frictionless platform to uh, it to, is but yeah. we, but you and i should be honest about this with the listeners to your show though <laughs> in that I, I don't think also the flip side of that coin i don't think people have got any idea of the amount of work that goes into a podcast oh, yeah, I, yeah, I think if it's yeah. done well yeah I, i'm a bit of a one-man band and yeah. i know that, that a, a lot of my peers and um, I'm not sure how you do it end to end, but a lot of the people I know who make great podcasts that I respect, you know, they, they have teams of three or four people working on yeah, them. And yeah, uh, yeah. people don't appreciate actually that yeah. there's there's a lot of that goes into the intent. Oh process. yeah, you you have, yeah. you have to you have to you have to do it for the love of it and not you know. Yes, you, and if you, you do it well, that, yeah. that's the thing because anybody yeah. can press record and then just yeah, yeah, put yeah, a raw yeah. unedited file up there. But yeah. uh, to to actually edit it into an interesting conversation actually is yeah. a bit of the skill. I yeah. think anyway. Yeah, yeah. As well. Anyway, I want to I want to kind of bring things, you know, kind of sort of wrap things up a little bit. We've talked about a lot of areas sure. and 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 I want to talk about the, you know, just basically if if we're, you know, you you're you're someone who's done this and and has built, you know, has done a really good job of building that personal brand. If I'm an IC professional and listen to things, I'm like, you know, not really sure whether that's the right thing for me, mm. uh, but I want to kind of know, you know, maybe dip my toe in the water. Yeah. You know, they may not feel like going all in and going for a podcast, you know, kind of creating a own podcast and all, mm. all, all of the work that goes in with that. But what, 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 you know, what are some easy kind of relatively low hanging fruit when it comes to starting to build that sort of personal brand that, that, you know, again, we're not talking about being, being self publicizing sure. and being bragging and, and being sort of, you know, mega focused on me, 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 but how can I start to do that in a way that, that builds my professional credibility? Yeah, I think I think that's a really good question. I think um, you know if you look at platforms that have a connection mm. with your professional life and corporate life, th- that's a good place to start. So if if there's um, there's an element of your um, communication, uh, so whether it's internal or external, and by the way, the thing we the thing we we should sort of context this this question with is that. Internal communications and external communications have been bleeding together 
for yeah. quite some time, five mm. to ten years at least. Mm. And it's a bit like it's a bit like the merging between personal and, and work life and how that's just become this homogenous thing now where you can't tell where one starts and stops and the other yeah. one starts and finishes. So that's one thing. I, I think there's no point actually full stop and just thinking, I'm in an internal comms bubble and external comms is for other people. So take mm. the personal brand out of it. Mm. But of course, inevitably when you we all exist in these different spheres, uh, you know, you may have something like a Microsoft Yammer or a Slack internally, you know. And I, I would sort of say the first principle or the first step is actually how comfortable are you on your internal sort of platform? Yeah. How comfortable are you talking to people? And in the on the external platforms, I, I would just sort of say find people that you like, read the stuff that they do, think about how comfortable you would be just replying. You know, initially it's just about sort of liking things, replying to things. Mm. Um, you know, I, I mentioned earlier on in the conversation that I I wrote a, a series of blogs to test the water, you know? Yeah. And the, the good thing about that as well is that you can spend as much time as you like. You could spend a few hours on it. You could spend days. You could spend weeks. And, you know, they, they are – most people who do publish blogs, they don't publish them often. It's a thing that they do every few weeks or yeah. quarterly or – um, a lot of agencies and consultancies do it, or a lot of leadership um, team members do it, um, because it's a it's like a considered sort of thing. Um, and so, I think that's that's one route in. And you know, you can sense check that content, yeah, and you can think about what the reaction to it is. And it's also it's not it's not overtly out there in the way that a post is, or a reply to a post is, or something that would be you know, jumping on a, a thing that's very topical or trending. Because actually, a lot of people who build brands fast and quickly and that grow exponentially, they're, they're just hopping on trends all the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it could yeah. be and things that are things that are actually much loved that are in the corporate calendar, you know, as well. So it could be something like, um, you know, Mental Health Week or International Women's Day. You know, people build their, their brands and their personal brands actually in very authentic ways and things like that. But it, so it's horses for courses. And I think it's about, you know, giving yourself permission to feel comfortable internally, learning, maybe making the mistakes there. You know, I always mm. used to advise people when we used sort of uh, Yammer a lot in the construction industry. It's like, don't, don't do it the wrong way around, you know, don't jump onto Facebook and say, oh, what an incredible day at work I had and, and talk candidly and um, off the record because you're actually talking to the world, you know, you're talking to yeah. the, the internet. Uh, whereas, you know, tell your story or talk about what you're doing inside in that safe bubble where you support it and nobody kind of judges you or is going to take a post down or talk negatively about it. See what works and then... Um, See what works, and then um, transfer what you've learned into an external space, which is is much, uh, as, as you've pointed out, is much more heavily scrutinised, yeah, and focused on and magnified, and where people worry that the mistakes could potentially come back and have consequences, yeah. So I think it's about it's it's about learning in safe spaces. It's about trying some things that are not so overt and maybe not so flashy. Um, because that's the thing. I think maybe people who see things that I post and that they like and that they think, oh, it, you know, you, you've very kindly sort of described my 
me as having a strong personal brand, but yeah. it's been learned over a long yeah. period of time. And I yeah. suppose that the other thing is that the thing you mentioned in your intro about music journalism and freelance yeah. music writing, you have to sort of learn from other experiences mm. in your life and then pull them into that sort of discipline. So I, I love writing. So, you know, really I'm a, I'm, I'm a writer really. That, that's what I love doing. Yeah. I love all forms of writing, you know, creative writing, stories, uh, sort of essays. I've had to write reports in the past. Uh, you know, obviously I have to write company emails and uh, presentations. And and I think it's really everything I feel like I do is just an extension of that. So it's kind of, you know, it's, it's taking the things that you love and just saying, right, okay, the writing that this medium really likes is like yeah. this, Yeah, you know. And it's about understanding the medium and what works and what doesn't, because there's no point in, in actually wasting a lot of time writing tremendously long posts or writing in a style that um, it's not it, it's not going to um, fulfil you or create a meaningful uh, discussion or interaction. Because the, the fun about I suppose things like LinkedIn is is where you genuinely create a really interesting discussion around something or um people are delighted by a story and you know part of the time that takes them away from maybe the fact they're having quite a heavy week or yeah having an intense period or um in their lives that they just find it quite hard to deal with i mean the interesting thing as well is with the ukraine crisis recently i think the, the other thing is, I think that you, you must also, I, again, personally, I think you must also have a level of self-awareness that, you know, when there are really seismic events that are just bigger than all of us, that's, again, that's probably not the time to be pushing the, the sort of self-promotion yeah, yeah. button to the world. Yeah. Um, and so there's, there's, a, there's a balance to be struck. And I think, you know, you have to have a, a sense of self-awareness around a lot of this stuff. Too. Yeah. Not being to- not being tone deaf, I think that's uh, that's a really well, key exactly, thing. yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So I think I think what I, I've taken from that, Sam, is is really thank you. It's been a really good conversation. I think there's 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 definitely a case of um, uh, you know, you doing expressing yourself of what you're passionate about. You talk, you're passionate about writing. You're talking, you know, you're obviously an internal communicator. I think it's expressing that your personality in your work and not just being a kind of an autonomous automaton. Uh, not just sort of spouting the company line it's it's about how can you create some personality around that and that doesn't need any huge amount of scale it doesn't need any huge amount of uh, you you know it just requires that you have the ability to express yourself which is basically a fundamental requirement i think of this profession isn't it is that you can articulate uh, ideas it needs a leap yeah, it needs a little bit of a leap of faith, and, yeah. and don't for, don't forget. I, I think I, I've, I often have conversations with people that say, "Well, if we're talking about internal comms, look at look at what people are engaging with mm. on social media. Look at what people spend most of the time looking at on their phones. Mm. You know, if if internal comms is too far away from that, I'm not saying it should be that. Of course, no. it shouldn't because no. it's a different medium. But if you're so far away from what engages people on their devices and their personal life, you're just not going to, no. y- you won't hook their attention. And I no. think that's, that's the point too. Yeah. You know, are you going to give yourself permission to put, well, maybe not bags of personality, but some personality on it? Because the, the, 
we now live in a world where people crave that personality, that humanity, that very um not I don't know if bespoke's the right word, but mm. people are looking for individual takes, very personal mm. takes on stories, you know. Mm. And I think the corporate sphere has such a discipline to the way it works. Um but it's no different where you know you you, you often represent leaders and leadership teams when you work in internal comms functions and I'm sure yeah, all those individuals yeah. I've worked with past and present want to be portrayed in the most positive light. They they, they want yeah. to look good. They they want to have their reputation enhanced. So I think if, if you're an internal com- communicator that spent a lot of time thinking about how you can enhance the reputation of individuals, surely you should be able to apply a little bit of that kind of magic dust to yourself. yourself. And you're yeah. you're just I think as well, you you have to think about your career long term and what is a very volatile world you know yeah. i don't think there's any harm in um just having a just having a kind of healthy presence on these platforms yeah, you don't have yeah. to be on there all the time and you don't have to post all the time but there's actually a lot of really interesting content as well if yeah. you if you've got the time to there is it. yeah it's 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 sorting out the uh the 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 the, 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 the maybe wheat from the chaff is too strong but there is a yeah there's a lot of really good content if you if you follow the right people and you and you you know you you have the right to approach to sure. to following them and, and getting their content so um Look, Sam, that has been absolutely fantastic. As you would expect, we are. I'm going to put a link, Thanks, a list Greg. of a list of links in the uh, <laughs> in the show notes to all of this amazing content that you've got. So I'm going to put a link to your LinkedIn profile where people I definitely recommend. Well, obviously, with your permission, if they you're happy course, for them to yeah, follow you uh, or, or to connect with you, then to have a look at some of the stuff you've done there. Obviously, the comms from the shed podcast. I'll put a link to that in. Apple podcast so people can have a listen to that because I think again our audience will find that really interesting and I know you, you've got some like you you mentioned at one of your interviews there that you just just recorded I know you always have some really thought provoking and again they're, they're they are absolutely profession centric rather than just you know just just absolutely. and then obviously if any have we got any well even if you're not a Prince fan you should be and you can put, I'll put a link into you how could you I, I want to sing that line but I'm not going to because I can't <laughs> sing how, how, how could you leave me standing podcast absolutely. <laughs> uh to as well if and and, if, and get a different a, a different a flavor for a different part of your your personality anything else you want me to share have i missed anything no so. I, I, I think that's more than enough I, I i you're right though i think the the prince podcast just due to the uh, eclectic nature of his career is is really it's it's about music more broadly actually yeah because uh, there's there's so many uh varied musicians on there yeah, they they all have fascinating stories to tell, just about their own careers, let alone princes. So, yeah, yeah. for any music lovers, I would recommend it. Yeah, right. I'm going to have a listen to that definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm caught up with it. Yeah, but I'm yeah, I am going no to. Well, look, Sam, that's been absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much. I'll let you get back to your uh, sunny garden. I don't know if you're going to venture outside or <laughs> you're only, stay, <laughs> sat in the office with the door open. But yeah, uh, yeah ha- have, a, have a fantastic rest of the day. And thank you so much for, for your sharing your insights. It's been really, I've really enjoyed that conversation, Sam. Thank you. Thanks, Craig. You too. And it was really interesting to get under the skin of it. Uh, it was really, really good fun. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.
We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Engaging Internal Comms podcast. If you've got any ideas for episodes you'd like us to cover in future, you can email us at info at thebigpicturepeople.co.uk or you can use the feedback form at engagingic.com. If you're not already subscribed to the show via your podcast platform, please do so. And if you could leave a review for us, that would be absolutely fantastic. We have links to other episodes at engagingic.com. All of our previous episodes are available there. And if you're interested in our visual communication services, our big pictures, our learning maps, our explainer videos, and also our live graphic recording, please get in touch with us again at info at thebigpicturepeople.co.uk. Thank you.